0: Hi, this is Cam Smith, and this is the podcast of Triple R's Eat It, a weekly radio show about food and drink, broadcast live on Triple R from Melbourne, Australia, every Sunday. Hope you enjoy the podcast, and feel free to get in touch with us via the Triple R website.
1: Hey, guys, why don't we eat?
2: Dear, don't cause a fuss. I love your spam. I love it. i oh, in spam, spam, spam. Corn
3: bites. Corn bites. Corn
2: bites, Corn bites. Corn bites. fancy a pint. Suit you, sir. Spam, 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 spam. Baked beans, spam, 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 and spam. I said I
4: don't want
2: any damn vegetables. Lentils are really good, you know?
0: Mmm, forbidden donut. Oh. 12.01 and uh, 57 seconds, 58 seconds. The time slips through the hourglass as we move through to the afternoon of uh, 3 R and I've uh, I've made the panel beater chortle already.
1: Yeah. Panel beater. Wasn't that a Days of Our Lives reference, like sand through the hourglass? Yeah, it I was. I, I, was just, <laughs> and it's, I wish I didn't know that.
0: Yeah, I know. We're, it's one of those things we're just tainted with. Um, good afternoon, everyone. Thank you. To the incredible thing that is Einstein a go go. Um, Dr. Shane's just having a little chat with his brainy buddies. Can you see them there? He's on the Zoom. Some people are in darkness because they're in Texas. Extraordinary stuff. Thank you, Shane. And uh, as we look forward, we've got, uh, we've got an hour of food here on the radio for your listening and gustatorial pleasure. -hmm. Gustatorial. Gustatorial. (laughs) Not
1: gastronomic.
0: No, gustatorial. (laughs) Okay. Gustatorial. I think it's a thing. Okay. Yeah. Excellent. Uh, Excellent. Siri, define gustatorial. (laughs) (laughs) This is what I found. Oh, she just got torial. No, it's something else. There we go. Um. We have got a show for you today. Um, We're going to start off with um, a wonderful woman. Her name is Lauren Stevens. And she's with a really, really interesting group of people called Long Prawn. And Long Prawn um, mix um, art and activism, I think would be a a good way to sort of put it. Um, And uh, food, art, activism. And... um, she is uh, going to be talking about uh, something that's coming up, a thing that they're doing called Shuck Structures and um, <clears throat> and also maybe um, reflecting on another thing that I think one of her uh, compatriots has done called Biomimicry which is 3D printing of reefs. Maybe more of a story for Radio Marinara, but um, <laughs> I, I admit that but um, we might mention it but uh, the idea of um, shuck structures is to get people to understand and appreciate and learn a life skill. Kent, Yeah? Can you open an oyster using but an oyster knife? Is this a skill you have acquired?
1: Um, I've given it a crack a few times and I... <laughs> yeah.
2: I'll have a crack? I'll
1: have a crack at Are that. you drunk at the time? <laughs> <laughs> Um, look, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be putting the, I don't think I could teach somebody to do it. Uh, <laughs> no, I don't think I've got that confidence.
0: Okay. Well, maybe we need to send you on this boat out yeah. to the bay and to uh, learn how to do it anyway. Okay. Well, I want you to listen to uh, Lauren when she's on first cap of the rank. Then we have a chat to John at the market. And I've got to say, John was a little bit punchy.
1: Punchy. Punchy,
0: yeah. It's like when you've been you like, beaten around the ring oh, a little bit. Right, like, hey. right. Oh, I don't remember that. Uh, uh, it, yeah, we, have a, we do a market report with John and um, maybe a little bit behind the eight ball, but we probably both were because we both needed coffee when we got there. But we talk about a whole bunch of things, including the fact, stay tuned tomorrow, John is having a barbecue, a primitivo.
1: Ooh.
0: Primitivo.
1: Is he going to talk us through that?
0: Yeah, he's going to chat about that
1: Brilliant. at will uh, Report. And then
0: we continue to uh, uh, look at um, how vintage is um, shaping up because... The uh, redoubtable, the fabulous, uh, the incredible winemaker who loves his Riesling, (laughs) which I give him shit for because it's just a good chance for a running gag, isn't it?
1: It certainly is. It never gets old.
0: (laughs) Never gets old, that old thing. Duncan Buchanan will be talking about uh, uh, Vintage 2022. Um, I think we've probably had a better week in Victoria. Mm. Not so humid, so that's been kind of good. Anyway, he knows. He'll be able to tell us about that. And uh, I might even be able to tell him about an interesting Riesling blend that I had um, the other day. Um, Kent, w- what's that in your mouth, mate? I'm doing the what's that in your mouth without the laborious counting.
1: Yeah, you caught been, off guard.
0: I know. I know. You been eating anything good this
1: week? Made a mushroom stroganoff. With a cashew cream sauce.
0: Is that a special Russian recipe?
1: <laughs> oh, Mayday, no. Mayday, I, Mayday I, Russian that straight did, That did retrospectively cross my mind. <laughs> yes. I mean, is, is it okay to make Russian-inspired cuisine at the moment?
0: Well, so long as you're not illegally um, invading another country, I think you're probably fine. <laughs> right,
1: yeah, yeah. There was no or, or, Borscht starter so, or vodka chaser.
0: Yeah, yeah, so long as you're not bombing maternity hospitals, I think we can probably Ooh. say, yeah, and yeah, let's not go there. Uh, you made a stroganoff, and it was good.
1: It was. Yeah. It was. What sort of mushrooms it did was you a, use? Oh, I got one of those. Um, you know how these, one of the great things about eating these days, you can get what was once only specialty shop stuff pretty mm. easily, right? Yeah. So I just got a mixed mushroom, mushroom um, from the local super. No way. Yeah, that was fine. What was in your mushroom pack? There was Shiitake. Whoa. There, yeah, yeah. Wow. Exactly. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Um, there were shimeji. Yeah. There were um
0: enoki's. Enoki's. Yeah, there would have been some enoki's. And I think there was too. one
1: more. One more a Swiss brown. Maybe it's probably a
0: little bit too plebeian for that mix. Mm,
1: yeah. Yeah. Yep. No
0: way. And that was made an awesome stroganoff.
1: Yeah, it was great. But yeah. Sh- so you can um you know turn one of them into like meaty strips. You know? Yes. Yeah.
0: Boom. Oh, that sounds really, really, really good. So, yeah, carnival's delight. Um, I made
1: myself um, a chicken bun um, during the week. Saw it on your Insta. What is your Insta, Cam? Uh,
0: <laughs> yeah, well, thank you for asking me yeah. uh, for that, Dorothy Dixer. Uh, Cam smith Eat it, uh is my Insta, and um, I did a, um, a dish called... Um, it's, it's a Vietnamese salad. You probably know it. It's called a bun. Uh, not to be confused with um, a steamed bun, um, which is what you'll get if you <laughs> if you just put bun in. You have to put bun salad into into Google. And yeah, I was saying to you that um, knowing how to make a bun is one of those things that really should be part of a, um, the repertoire of a person. The same about knowing how to make an omelette, I reckon. Um, yep. Um, and a bun, and its very most basic is a cold salad with a warm protein. Huh? There you go. So vermicelli, rice stick vermicelli on the bottom, mm-hmm. some julienned or battened, you know, it's as thinly as you can cut them, carrots, uh, some cucumber, both of those for crunch and and health, nutrition, um, some bean shoots, well, you know what they do. They've got the snap and lots of nutrition. Um, then the protein, which could be uh, if you have a bun, bun bo. Uh, that's obviously with beef, bungar, uh, with chicken. You could put a pork chop on top of there. I've seen them do it with um, um, spring rolls, or if you wanted to go vegetarian, some marinated firm tofu
1: yeah.
0: would be awesome. Or chili marinade, or that oh, you know that, that super. You know, you could just mm. fry some mushrooms. And then, what is really really important to put on top of it is um, your aromatic herbs because. Vietnamese cuisine, as well as being about texture and flavour balance, is about the aroma. It really, really is. So uh, lots of coriander, lots of mint. Mint. And then just knowing how to make a nook chum, which is the ubiquitous dipping sauce that you have next to um, a whole bunch of dishes, which is so healthy because it's made up of um, lime juice, fish
1: sauce, sugar... Would you sprinkle some nuts on there?
0: Oh yeah, peanuts. Yeah, peanuts. Put some, put some fried peanuts on. Yeah, the one the the one I've got in there, which I admit is a really shitty photo. Oh. Like it's not well, no, it's not the best, is it? Really? Oh, it does its job. Oh, yeah, I guess so. It's not, but it's not. You know, like you wouldn't get sign off from Marie Claire for it, or you know, <laughs> yeah, maybe not. Gourmet cool, Traveller yeah, <laughs> go nah, <yeah>. mate. Nah, we <laughs> nah, we we'll, we've, we've got real people that can take the photo of that, but uh, bun. Rocks. Um, it's a it's a really fabulous dish, and I think, as I was saying to you, the only real life skill you really need um, is just to learn. You know, just to do a julienne of um, of the carrots. But you know, a lot of us have machines.
1: Those greater <laughs> they
0: do that, and also the wonderful thing about a bun is that um, with the dressing, you know, I put chili and I also put garlic in. Um, with the lime juice fish sauce, a bit of water.
1: How do you feel about um, Maggi sauce, Cam? Has oh, anyone ever the... asked you this before? With, <laughs> you with your Dorothy I,
0: Well, okay, so I did a, a taste test um, at home um, years and years ago where um, I had, I think, four or five different types of fish sauce, and um, we had the Thai squid brand, which is has a certain flavour profile, very full-on fishy. The Vietnamese fish sauces are the ones to go for, I think, because um, they smell a lot like Vegemite or Marmite. Seriously, yeah, there's there's like really uh, and um, Three Crabs is a beauty. Um, Mega Chef is just incredible brand to get. Huh. Look out for that. Um, it's I think David Thompson, who is um, you know one of the great Thai chefs, Australian. Who has I don't know if he still has an arm in in london, but uh yeah great chef amazing oyster sauce um is incredible, and then there's magic.
1: and then there's magic,
0: yeah, which is should we just leave it at that just i think, leave it I, at that. I, 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 think I I think I've made myself clear <laughs> yes. on this yeah you have shall we shall we do something else and yep. just leave that magic shuffle along yes, twelve thirteen we'll be speaking to Lauren about uh why everybody should know how to open an oyster. Well, so long as you're not vegetarian, I guess, but you know what I'm saying. You're on in Triple R. Independent Melbourne Radio, 3 Triple R. Uh, Lauren Stevens, a very, very good afternoon to you. Thank you for joining us. Hey
3: there, how are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing
0: good. Uh, you know, apologies that we couldn't get you in the studio, but uh, one day.
3: Next time, next time. There will be
0: there will be guests uh, that will will be in. Um, I'd love the talk in the office, <laughs> look, Lauren. Um, I found out about you guys because um, you are a part of a group who I had heard of before. Um, mm. Long prawn, uh,
3: yes.
0: which is uh, a great name. It's a
3: slightly on the nose, silly name, but I think that it kind of represents what we do in a you know, in, a, in a, some way, shape or form.
0: <laughs> in in the space that you operate, tell us a little bit about Long Prawn. What's it all about? And, uh, and what have you got coming up?
3: So Long Prawn is... Um, we sort of... We explain it as an artistic food practice who seek to deliver uh, research food events and workshops that are seasoned with creative design. So it's it's sort of like eating experiences that are shrink-wrapped in props and performances from buffet tables to more sort of like silver service, and we respond to work the work of artists or institutions such as Alex Goad, who we're about to be working with on this event, mm-hmm. and then open house as well.
0: So you said you've um, been doing silver service. Jesus, that's, a, uh, that's this uh, anachronism uh, from a long time ago. Uh, what what sort of silver service gig have you done? Sorry about the digression, but I've just got to ask you've you've um, you've piqued my interest in that.
3: No, I think it's more of an interest in the way that hospitality has been provided through the ages and we like uh-huh. to pick and use different elements from, you know, exactly from a buffet table or a bain-marie at an all-you-can-eat restaurant to, you know, the napkin folding of silver service of yesteryear and kind of picking and choosing those details and incorporating them into thematic events.
0: So it's a, it's about using food as, as metaphor and um, and to make statements about who we are and our environment around us. Would that be sort absolutely? Of...
3: Yeah, and, okay. and you know, um, not reinventing the wheel. It's it's about um, yeah. finding interesting things that have been done and sort of bringing them back to the surface of the pot.
0: Yeah. Okay. And um, so now you are doing a collaboration. Is this with Design Week? So you're doing
3: this? So it's, yeah, it's with Open House Melbourne. Open House Melbourne, Melbourne. yeah. Who? And then, yeah, as part of Melbourne Design Week, it's their launch event.
0: So uh, Open House Melbourne is sort of affiliation, has its main affiliation with the Centre for Architecture Victoria, is that right?
3: Yes. Cool, yeah. okay. And it's people, people often know them mainly for the open house events that happen, not only here but all over the world, where... Um, Melbourne sort of opens its doors to existing venues and okay. the well, public.
0: Well, this this one that you're talking about isn't in in a house at all. In fact, it's going to be on a on the bay, and you're going to be going from what have we got? Docklands to Williamstown, and um, it's a workshop uh, to do a couple of things uh, to understand the bivalve, a very important thing called the oyster, and um, and a way to uh, to harvest them. I suppose would that be right?
3: Yes, indeed. So, I mean, I think I'll preface it by saying Long Prawn are not experts in any one field. We sort of try and get a toe as I mm. was suggesting before. But I think we got we got pretty excited when we were speaking to Alex and there's so much creativity and excitement to be drawn from the science and Marine community at the moment. There's a lot of people doing very interesting things and um I think it's event we wanted to share some ideas some of our ideas and then some food and also a skill and as the saying goes, if you give someone a fish, you feed them for a day, and if you teach them how to fish, you feed them for a lifetime.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So what we got to do is we've got to hand Kent um, an oyster knife and say, yeah. all right, baby, this is how you do it.
3: Indeed, yep. So and, we'll be yeah. on a boat with yeah. a bunch of oysters, yeah. um, and we are going to... Use diverted ois- uh, sorry, ocean plastic to create the shucker initially with household items such as a sandwich press. And then we will use said shucker to learn how to shuck. Oh, wow.
0: OK. Uh, so um, the idea is now I've seen pictures of if you get some nice blanks of the mm-hmm. actual shucking blade. Um, and I commended you on this because you seem to have the uh, what I reckon is the right shape, which is sort of, you know, long, thin blade to get in there uh, as opposed to those big triangular ones. And you're using plastics, yeah, to make a handle.
3: Yeah, so I think uh, the focus of this event is trying to connect people back with their food and trying to make them work for it a little bit more than we've become accustomed to and uh, I think you know after people understand how important this little bivalve is in the ecosystem um, I think uh, they'll be more inclined to treat it with respect and maybe you know engage with it a little bit more in a more considered manner.
0: And if you are going to buy them to ask your fishmonger or whatever it is to not serve them on the half shell which um they 're never as good, but uh, just to have them fresh, learn a skill yeah. and um, and have something that is truly nutritious I mean I know that oysters are so good for you and they're full of um, lots of protein and zinc and other things you might know more than I do actually on that
3: one. <sighs> No, I think we know yeah. they have
0: zinc, and we go, yeah, tick. Okay. Well,
3: zinc is great. We, we yeah. and we love zinc, but yeah. I think yeah, what you were um, saying about the the delicious oyster liquor that um, you get when you shuck yourself rather than buying them at the fishmonger. Completely out, different, or, isn't it's it? Really amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And also how long they can last out of the fridge. Yes. When they're unchucked as well.
0: Yeah, because a lot of the times, if you if you buy enough of them, you get them in like a big hessian bag and so long as you keep that hessian bag cool and wet
3: Damped, um,
0: yeah, yeah your your oysters are uh going to be fine
3: so yeah i mean in europe we... you can barely even buy them shocked because people are so afraid that you'll give yourself food poisoning S- say that again in um in europe you can barely even buy them oh shocked. yeah
0: yeah that makes sense yes because yeah. um i don't know have you ever had a bad oyster
3: I've had one, but I didn't get sick from it. It was more just a a, a, a revolting experience.
0: Yeah, because they, <laughs> they, they do say people who haven't had a bad oyster go, how will I know if I get a bad oyster? And it's like, dude...
3: I think it's a similar situation to the bad egg.
0: <laughs> yeah, you... Oh, bad egg. Oh, my God. I just <clears throat> crossed, crossed my legs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah no, oh, my God. That's, that, uh, yeah. Anyway, you know. You know. So... Um, this will be an event. Uh, where's the? What are the dates and the places, and how do we um, book in?
3: So it's this Friday. Mm. Um, it starts at 12 and goes till 2, so it's just a little short run up and down the river. You can get tickets through the Melbourne Design Week website or the Open House Melbourne website. Yes. There are still tickets left at this stage, but it's only a... Forty-person event for so the property going to get snapped up pretty quickly. Oh
0: wow! What, what sort of boat are you going out on? It's actually it's called the Yarra
3: Empress. Oh, uh, and it's one of those function boats. Yeah,
0: mm. but that's a, yeah. one of the nice ones, isn't it? I think if I remember.
3: Yeah, right. they have beautiful sort of windows on down each side that open up depending whether. Oh okay. well, uh,
0: that sounds kind of good. So, learning a life skill. Um, yeah. uh, enjoy oysters, um, I- even if you don't get out on the onto the bay to do that. Um, both Lauren and I encourage uh, people to learn how to shuck an oyster um, because the results are so much better. Um, before I let you go, though, what's your favourite thing to add to an oyster?
3: Look, I I am partial to a Rockefeller.
0: Oh, wow, uh, a warm oyster. Yeah, that's so. That's sort of spinach and onion that's sort of been cooked up and the magical little drop of perno that I changes know. everything.
3: You can sort of mix it up a bit and go tarragon and panko instead of your spinach oh. and breadcrumb too. Oh. But you know what? Classic oyster for me, probably without even lemon, is pretty high out there.
0: Yeah, agreed. And, uh, and one of my favourite things is just... Uh, uh, like a wh- red wine vinegar or white wine vinegar with mm. shallot. Shallot vine- uh, vinegar... Vinaigrette. Yeah, it's just yeah. simple as and yeah. enjoy. Now, can you... We've um, got
3: Club Kitchen, just as a little spruke on the food. We've got Club Kitchen doing a couple of really incredible dressings as well. We've got a fermented tomato yeah. water and a yuzu cucumber dressing. Oh,
0: yeah, they, and both of those sounded really, really good. So yeah. uh, one more time, Lauren, just to... Uh, get the message out for those that might be interested in booking and have uh, their time out at that time. You can get it on the bay. It sounds good. How do we get in touch again?
3: Uh, On the Open House Melbourne website or the Melbourne Design Week or even through Long Prawn Instagram, which is at long underscore prawn. We've got it linked in our bio.
0: Beauty. Well, um, Lauren, I hope you get lots of people out there and... uh, uh, I hope you get some interesting uh, uh, knife handle creations because that's part of the workshop too.
3: I know I'm going to have to get them all documented.
0: It mm. sounds good. And I see you already have one that uh, uh, you sent images of that uh, seem to have a bit of a, a blue and yellow theme. Uh, yeah, of, I, of I have uh,
3: to do some R&D to make sure the handles were
0: structurally sound. <laughs> yeah, but I, can't, I kind of like that, uh, bringing in a country that's sort of in the news at the moment. So uh, oh, well yeah. done, you guys. Lauren, good luck with it. Thanks for having thanks a chat so with us. Thanks so much for having me. And, um, yeah, I hope everybody has an awesome time uh, on the bay. Sam,
3: Thanks
0: so much. Have a good day. Pleasure. Um, uh that was Lawrence, 12.25. I think our timing is pretty good. You feeling good about that, Kent? Feeling good, Kent. Um, we're going to do sponsorship announcements, and we're going to go straight to market.
2: RRR. Uh
0: Ladies and gentlemen, here we are in the sounds and the sights and the smells of the Queen Victoria market. We are in Shed H. We are in Tomato City.
2: I've just been given a cup of coffee and I got a biscotti. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm serving my customers and I turn around and I see my son and Cameron grinning like you know <laughs> I thought, yeah, a honey bear it, that they're enjoying their biscuits and coffee.
0: Yeah, actually, I was showing you. Know, I was dipping it and you're looking back and uh, I was horrified. You were giving me daggers. Yeah, you yeah, were just going, "Where's mine?" And you've got yours, have you, and you've had it. I've so had it already,
2: good. mate. You know, we drink our coffee <laughs> hot, hot, so yeah, yeah, it, it went straight down. Yeah, you don't mess around. It's one of those, it's a very, very quick break. Jeez, it's a good day. It is, it's gorgeous, and yesterday was the same. Ah. You know, you, you um, have a, a nice morning with cool air, not brisk, but just nice, mm. and then the sun comes out and it warms the cockles of your heart, mm. and you say, let's go.
0: Yeah, I've got the um, or the, uh, the winter doona on. And, you know, when you, when you finally get that back on, you go, oh, yeah, this is so comfy. And, yes, and we get to this, and we get a beautiful warm day. And I've noticed already, if there's one thing that really shows the sign of autumn that's not food, and we'll get into that because that's what we're here to talk about, it's that red shift in the light and sun, sunset.
2: Yeah, it you is. And it that? And, and that looks beautiful, too. It's good to see. Golden hour is even more profundo.
0: Definitely, definitely. Right. Okay, there we go. Just looking, at, you see. Uh, Sorry, just to give I'll you an idea of what John's doing, my he's got his my wide very special knife, which is looks like a very old, an old butter knife that's been uh, repurposed into a shiv. <laughs> no, 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 no. A uh, special onion slicing sort of thing. It's yet be all-purpose peeler. Good enough room there, Joey. There we yeah. go.
2: And actually, now that we're talking and you're about doing, that, And you're doing salad onions? Yes. Yeah, we, will, we will talk about salad onions because um, mm. we, we've had a very good summer where we've... Why, eaten. why are salad onions so cool? Well, the old onions used to... Uh, old Aussies used to say <coughs> one onion a day keeps a doctor away more than an apple. Really? Um, the oldies used to eat one, one onion, if they could, in their salad mm. um, or cooked, whatever. Mm. Uh, this is a white salad onion. Uh, this is the old flat variety. There are a lot of big round ones which are not as sweet and as tender as these. Yeah. But unfortunately, the season's over. Summer's over, onion's oh. over. Oh. And then we'll, we'll get some later on out of Queensland if they had the ability to plant them. Now, these, we slice them up and put them in a salad drawer. There's no need to soak them in water. Yes. Like some of the red onions, you know, you've got to put them in water for a few minutes to get rid of the um, sulfur out of them. Yes. But these are beautiful... Fried very quickly, um, just before they start to turn brown, and and you can put them in a sandwich or drop mm-hmm. an egg on top, and, and the flavours that come out, it's just all sugar.
0: So, uh, is so unusual
2: for a lot of onions. Yeah, so no browning. No, you don't need And uh, olive oil or butter? Uh, well, you know, we have to stop being decadent, no. so we use olive oil. Okay, yeah, yeah. You know, maybe sneak in a little knob of butter at the end. Maybe now that why? could be kind no, of have to do this, and,
0: and and then also the one thing I've I've just loved is that, you, as well as the slightly flattened, salad onions, which you say are, are reduced in that, um, in those volatiles, so it makes it more more gentle. One of the things that could be, one of the most attractive things at the market is when you get. These red salad onions.
2: Yeah, they've got a beautiful magenta oh, colour and it a shine to on them. They look like Christmas baubles. Yeah, they're d- deserving to be hung on a Christmas tree. What would
0: you call that colour? You magenta. Magenta. Colour. What do you think?
2: Is it magenta?
0: Yeah, no, it's, it is magenta. It's it's that beautiful thing where purple lives, the colour that lives between purple and pink.
2: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. And they're, and they're very, very good for you, onions. Um,
0: why
2: are they very good for um, in? an, an antibiotic-type effect on our body. Yes. Um, and they taste good. Yes. And the texture's good. Yeah. You right. know, it's not like some things you've got to crunch into them to get through them. You know, they can be very appealing. Mm. And, uh, and they make a salad come alive. Definitely. And, and we put them in our omelettes as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that sounds good. A bit of baking. A bit of bakey, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes it makes a roast as well. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Um, and my kids love it. We do. We put it in a ragout in sauce. No, when a sauce. I said a bit of bakey, I meant a bit of bacon. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, I'm, I'm know. a bit slow. I'll have to forgive me. It's oh, really? been a long, tough week, but we're getting there, it's a, we're getting and we're looking coffee. forward to tomorrow because we're having a big barbecue. So, right? Definitely. Yeah, no,
0: I heard that, and I uh, came in, and you were going barbecue primitivo. Yeah, yeah. You, saying, right. you did say primitive, didn't
2: you? Yeah, I did. <laughs> you because. Did. What um, do you mean? Well, I've got an old gas barbecue which was inside a um, um, a tub that. Mm. that um, oh, what do you call it now? Forty-four
0: a, gallon drum. Yeah, no 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 no, 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 no,
2: no. It's like a baking dish. It's it's oh. anodized is not the word. I'll think of it. I'll oh, like the moment. electric frying pans. No, 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 no. Like, like the you know the baking dishes. Um, oh, in a minute, enamel. I, I, enamel. That's fine. Hey. Yes. So we're gonna we're gonna put some beautiful um, red gum wood and some um, uh, barbecue bricks, whatever you call them, and um, we'll put a, an old. Do I need grill to make you a cup of
0: coffee now? Oh, <laughs> I need another one. I've
2: only had one. You see, yes. the 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 mouth anyway. and the brains are not correlated. All right. So we've got red gum and you have got briquettes. We've got charcoal. Yeah, char- charcoal. charcoal as well. Yeah, yeah, and. Um, We'll fire up and we're going to have some pork belly, some beautiful Aussie lamb chops, Sheesh. and some um, sausages that the boys up in the corner made Italian style, big fat ones. Yeah, who's that uh, up in the corner again? Uh, his... There's Stephen Michael. Stephen, um, yeah. Yeah, so you know, we're going to have a barbie and we got potato salad uh, with our beautiful uh, Desirees, and we got beautiful salads, that, green salads and a red salad.
0: What's the occasion? It's Labor
2: Day. Oh, it's Labor Day. Sorry, I forgot. Yeah, eight hours' work. I was saying to my painter yesterday, (laughs) don't come to work Monday. It's Labor Day because he's a Rusky. Mm. And he said, oh, I didn't know. He said, I better tell the boys. And I said, yes, eight hours' rest, eight eight hours' hours work, eight hours' play. Yeah. With some Uh,
0: Russians, eight hours of warfare. No, but we shouldn't (laughs) take the... No, these, it's these are Aussie attractive. Russians, and yes. they—they're no,
2: they're lovely people. They yes. really are. Exactly. It's just some—some some of them are psychos, like in all nationalities. Well, but anyway, yeah, especially the Slavs, though. My God, they yeah. are a bit. Ooh. Yeah, but. That's what they drink, mate. That's oh, what affects okay. it's, them. It's, it's a thing.
0: <laughs> at, at, at least you guys are a little bit more, um, uh, not so much of the holy water. <laughs> this yeah. is constant holy water, isn't it? Yeah, there, that's and right.
2: And it's a little bit stronger than holy water, too, because some of them, they use plums and pears and mm. God knows what else, the good stuff to make the alcohol. Yeah. Uh, and God, listen to us. We're all over the bloody shops. Yeah, today. we are, <laughs> are we? Because we really haven't spoken about our beautiful vegetables. No, getting. we haven't. And All really, right. it's an exciting time. We always say that, but it really, really is. Yes. Because if you can see next to my scaler, Cameron, we've still got beautiful asparagus that are freshly picked. They were picked Thursday in Kuiarup. Uh They've tricked a fern into waking up. Pretty little little thing. They've jumped up out of the ground and they've picked them and brought them straight to market. Mm. Uh, they're not cheap. They're about four fifty for two hundred grams. But any, any of those going on the primitive barbecue? Um, oh, I rather like an omelette with asparagus. So no. We know. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, and also it's a grill, so I don't want to burn the daylights out of them. Okay. Um, and 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 we've got an abundance of tomatoes still, even though they're a little bit short because of the humidity. Mm. Uh, the poor cherry tomatoes were dropping off the vine. Oh, really? um, yeah. But yeah, we've still got plenty of them, and we've got beautiful Doncaster tomatoes and all the other heirlooms that will make a beautiful salad to accompany our meat. We're yeah. not just cannibals, um, 110%. We do eat other stuff as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and the beans, green beans ran away this week. Um, we have to be careful because a lot of them um, got affected by the rain.
0: There were a lot of them from yeah. up north. We were talking um, two weeks ago um, about Yapoon uh, which is, you know, one of the headquarters, the epicenters of beans in in Queensland.
2: And beautiful pineapples.
0: And beautiful pineapples too. Yeah, but uh, they... Uh, well, this is probably the time to uh, to ask the question. With the proviso, or just a disclaimer, we understand there's been tremendous loss of life, there's been tremendous loss of property, and people are really, really doing it hard, but what's happening with prices and supply of vegetables that were uh, fruit and veg from north of the Albury?
2: Well, as I always say, we're rather lucky here. This is a lucky country. At the moment, we're still getting most of our vegetables from Victoria, Mm. a few from New South Wales. Mm. So even though they've been affected up north, um, some of the farms would have lost a lot of topsoil in it. But um, by the time they get to plant, they'll replenish the soil and it'll dry out a bit and hopefully they'll plant. We may have a little bit of a problem at the start of... um, (coughs) changeover of seasons from our crops to their crops, mm. but later on in the season, I think we should be okay. It's it's very, very hard to say. Um, uh, a lot of people, you can understand, they may even give up. Um, we were talking before about yeah. our gherkin wow. cucumbers here. Oh, hey, um,
0: good.
2: That they grow, that, that's the variety you can pickle or you can eat raw. Yes. Um, one of the growers out of Bacchus Marsh didn't even bother planting them this year. One, he didn't have any pickers, he's only got two really good workers on the farm and arrest while, you know, you've got to keep on top of them. Mm. And uh, because last year he made very little money and the year before he actually lost money by the time he paid pickers, really? he gave up planting cucumbers, so he's planting other stuff still, thank God. Mm. So, you know, you have to feel for these people because they're on the land seven days a week and when you see that your property and your crops are devastated, it can be very um, downgrading. So hopefully they'll pick up their socks and keep running and uh, we'll have a constant supply of food at, at the prices that we're normally used to. Yeah, but we get do it. get very, very spoiled. Mm. We do. We sure do.
0: Um, all right, looking across, we've um, we, we talked a little bit about tomatoes, asparagus. Um, all good, these beautiful onions, which uh, we should get. Because how long? much longer are these going to be around for?
2: Um, another week or two, but right. then we'll probably get some out of Queensland. So yeah. life's always good, as I said. Yep. There's um, fruit. It's fruit. Yeah, fruits and abundance of fruit as well. Um, there's those horrible-looking mangoes. I shouldn't say that. I get no, into trouble. No, we, um, no,
0: this is where we agree. The only, Really, the only mango that's worth... Well, we are spoiled here, and the top of the tree is definitely the Kensington Pride. Yes, we but, can agree on yeah. that. But
2: there are a few um, newer varieties like Honey Gold and things like that, mm. which are very, very edible. Yep. But a lot of these, to me, they taste like kerosene or petrol. But people like them and turpentine. Yeah, yeah. Dif- different strokes for different folks. So yeah. um, avos are still cheap. Avos two for three bucks. Is um, that a Ferretti across there? Uh, yeah, I or think a so. I'm not quite sure. I can't see that far today. As I am you know, not shower, on the a
0: because it's got a bit yeah. um, thicker neck. And there's
2: two or three varieties around at the moment, so yeah. that's good. Um, there's still a bit of stone fruit. Uh, we were talking about that last night over dinner that it's disappointing. Normally I buy a box of peaches or a box of nectarines a week mm. and we're through them. This year we've had maybe one or two each a week because they've been disappointing. Mm. Uh, and that's all weather-related as well. Oh, here's, um, here's a question. Do you ever buy dragon fruit? No, if I get given a little bit, I'll eat it, but I won't bother. Um, Mm. Dragon fruit, well, that's become flavour of the month for some people, but usually the Asians only use that as a laxative. So, oh, there we go. I didn't know that. Yeah, well, that's what it's for because the little seeds are good. They scrape the gut, right? And uh, they clean all the rubbish out of your gut, so you have better gut health and a a bit um,
0: like a lentil. Because yeah. they say lentils scrape you um, out too.
2: Yeah, yeah, it can have that effect. Mm. But um, a, a lot of the chefs have been doing different things with them, and if they get it right, why not? Um, yeah. If but, you can have something different that's appealing and tasty, go for it. It might be nice.
0: I reckon just maybe just the odd piece, yeah. Know, yeah? Emphasize odd and I emphasise
2: odd piece and in a fruit salad. Did you know that that's a cactus? Yes. Yes, a lot of people don't know that. I've, I've um, seen them
0: growing up in uh, Vietnam. And I, they're they're I not s- a pretty plant.
2: <laughs> well, I saw a photo of them growing here in uh, Australia, and uh, it's a strange looking thing because cactus. You normally think that they're uh, sort of organised, disorganised plant. Yeah. But this one's growing like you said. You know, like yeah. arms growing everywhere with these yeah. balls hanging off. So, yeah. You know but um, they're, they're good in their own right, so we, we won't slag them too much. No. There's um, Longans, which we call Dragon Eyes, the poor man's... Um,
0: uh, lychee. Lychee. I'm yeah, here to you, help, you, need you, help you. you. I need help today, trust <laughs> I me.
2: Um, but, yeah, I, I, I took some beautiful uh, Granny Smiths to mum because she's going to make me an apple and rhubarb sponge tomorrow our barbecue wow. and we'll have some beautiful whipped cream on top oh. it'll take me back to my childhood because oh. um, in, in our, our younger days mum used to make a lot of desserts and um, yeah. beautiful ones at that too so we'll do that as well she might even slap your hand if you try to get too close to it too early yeah you're not wrong mate I know, I, know, I know, Nance. I know, and, yeah. uh, look at all the bananas bananas are back in flavour how are you buddy mm. um, what have we got two bucks on sugar bananas <laughs> yeah um Two to three bucks on Cavendish. Cavendish bananas are normal.
0: That's pretty good.
2: Uh, yeah, that's a giveaway price if you ask me. But the absolute pick of the market? Pick of the market. Um, i got to think about that. I think t- this week it's going to be a tomato salad and a green salad next to a beautiful piece of um, barbecued meat for me.
0: I'm going to add just that little bit more because it's so special because the uh, the Wizards and the Warlocks and whoever they are down at Rup have managed to entice the therns to spit out a few more um, asparagus, I reckon that might be the pick because, uh, you know, you just have them as a remembrance of seasons past.
2: Well, even if you have one or two each, all you do is brush them with oil, throw them on a barbie. Mm. When they're done, sprinkle the salt Mm. and you're in heaven even though you want an omelet. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, I've got a beg for that, so I don't think... I'll, I'll, look, I'm not hard done by, so I won't complain. Good. <laughs> All right, well, I'm going to get out of here. John, we'll see you in a couple of weeks, buddy. Uh, and I'm going to try to keep running. If not, I might fall asleep, as you know. Coffee time. Yeah, have a lovely day, guys. <laughs> see ya. Triple
0: R. 12.47 here on the 3 Triple A. You know what, just to uh, give a little bit more time to the... The great, the legendary Duncan Buchanan. Where we're not going to do his theme today because we just want to speak to him. Duncan, how are you, man?
4: I oh, look all the better for hearing your voice, Cam. G'day, Kent. G'day, listeners. How Mm-mm. are
0: we all? <laughs> G'day, Duncan. You're sounding good. Where are you? What are you doing? Are you in the? Are you uh, with sectors in hand?
4: No. Nah. Now, no, taken to, oh, no, I had to go into the winery earlier today, but I'm sitting underneath my fig tree in my backyard in a very comfy chair in the sunshine. I'm a happy, happy boy.
0: Ooh, happy Larry. That sounds good. <laughs> that sounds so, good.
4: I did, I did spend a bit of time in the winery earlier today, which was nice. Yes. Sort of um got a few things in there. I've got my, my own Pinot ferment going, which um, got, you know, people always ask me whether we actually do get into fermenters with our feet and stomp them around. And we do. Well, I do. I quite like it. It's a very good way to get to know um, what your ferment's doing. Some people take really? it to the nth degree. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Well, you, you, gotta, you, you, gotta remember... you have
0: special winemakers receptors between your toes. <laughs> <laughs> no, just... do, you, do you have to do training for this? No, you just... Feel no, you the just wine grasshopper. <laughs>
4: But well, that's it. That's what you've got to. You've got to. Um, you've got to remember, ferments are a living thing. You've got mm. yeast in there, metabolising sugars into alcohol, and we love them for that. But they, you kind of look at it and. You can use various pieces of equipment. to just what, what happens during that fermentation stage yeah. is the the grapes sort of rise to the top of the ferment. You've got all that liquid underneath. You want to keep yeah. your grapes that are fermenting. You want to keep them wet, so you, you can either pump the juice over the top of them, yeah. or you can push the grapes down into them. It's called a punch down. Oh, you can use down, right? you, you can use a punch down tool, just like a big spatula that pushes them all down. Yeah. It's a pain in the arse. You don't th- learn, Throw a child you in there. now there's a thought but no 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 we can't do that that. (laughs) he doesn't weigh enough he's too tiny but what you can do I mean I'm almost the fighting ton as far as kilograms go yeah. So I can quite easily push it down with my feet, but you, because it is a living sort of um, breathing thing... Yeah, and so, it, so it's the where stuff it's warm between and still, your toes too. Yeah, yeah go on. You, you can feel where, you, where your ferment's warm and where it's cold. And so when well, it's like warm, that. there's a lot of activity. Yeah. So what you can do, you get to those areas where, where all the activities and sort of bust that up and push it around the ferment, and it'll sort of help the, the ferment just sort of continue through at a nice, even sort of pace.
3: Yeah.
4: Um, it helps to homogenise what you've got going on in there. So... You know, I'm, okay. I'm quite happy to you know strip down to my knickers and get in there. Some people will uh, you know take it to the nth degree, get in nude and you know and just you know get right into their ferment so for their oh, for their in, for their Instagram uh, feeds. I'm looking at you, Adam Foster. Oh, don't no, do it what, oh, that's, um,
0: uh, the, don't scare the horses. <laughs> Jeez, Adam Foster but... nude. Oh my God. Uh, we're talking about Foster the Imposter. Uh, what's his label again? Um, uh, Jeremy. Jeremy, Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Hey, um, yeah, uh, that's a scary <laughs> image. But um, do um have you heard of a man? His name was uh long gone uh man by the name of Max Lake.
4: The name rings bells, but you're going to tell me more about him. Go. Oh,
0: uh, very quickly, uh, the father of, um, of uh, trying to replicate French-style wines, uh, one yes. of the great fathers of the Australian wine industry, big in the 70s. His label was Lakes Folly, of course. Um, sure. And he was, um, he was a hand surgeon. We've obviously made stacks of money and decided to, you know, blow it all on wine. But
4: um, the old thing. How how do you make a small fortune in the wine industry? You start with a large one. Boom, 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 boom.
0: But his gig, and I love love him for it, was he used to drag an old upright piano uh, near the winery and play Zorba the Greek on the piano while (laughs) while
4: people would
0: be stomping around. It sounds like
4: a lot of fun, actually. Yeah, it sounds like a bloke is trying to avoid doing a fair bit of work. There, <laughs> it's like I'll play the piano. Yeah, you, the you just keep stomping and tell me where the warm spot is. It is interesting. I've had this that conversation about trying to replicate French wines in Australia um, with mm. a number of winemakers, and it's sort of the I think the worm is turned. I think you've got to you can borrow ideas from everywhere, but essentially we are there to make Australian wines. Mm. You know, you, yep. you know, you can look at where the greatest quality you know, Burgundy, uh, you know, Pinots come from. Burgundy, and and you know, and say, okay, we like this about them. We can borrow some of that technology. And there's a lot mm. of people putting in um yeah. really really close plant close planted vineyards. There's a big movement for that. And I oh. love the fact. What, that what does that do? That.
0: What, what does it do when you close plant your vineyards?
4: Well, the. <laughs> The idea is that you would plant them close together. They compete with one another. Uh-huh. Therefore, you you get smaller berries. So, yeah. and we've spoken about the skin to pulp ratio. If you've got a smaller grape, you've got a, you've got more skin for the amount of juice that's in that grape. So you've got, oh. and the skin is where the skin is where all your flavours and colours come from. And so tannins. Yeah, you know, exactly. So you get more concentrated fruit. That's the idea. Yeah, but yeah. they. Um, and there's, but it's really, really expensive. Like you're talking, I used to work a little vineyard where the the rows were only one metre apart. So you mm. can barely fit down there, and the vines were planted like 500 millimeters apart, so just tiny, tiny Jeez. spacings. And they're yeah. and, and really short, they're, they're, they look like a miniature vineyard. And to give you a, uh, some sort of a comparison of scale, mm. um, you know, more conventional planting, you might have you know, the rows will be you know, 2.2, 2.5, up to three meters apart, oh. and then a meter and a half between vines. So it's they're like little. Yeah, people refer, I've heard people who, you know, outside the industry go, they look like a, a little bonsai vineyard, which yeah, is very the, true. They do they look like a tiny vineyard. The Shetland pony of vineyards. Yeah, but but it's expensive farming. It's because you can't you get conventional machinery down those rows. You, you know, yeah. you have, everything's low to the ground. You're trying to get people to work in them. Man, it's just... It's hard work, so... Mm. But that's... But again, we've borrowed ideas from another country and thinking, and we just have a crack. We don't, and this is what I love about the Australian wine industry. We just go, hey, we need to have a crack at this. Why don't we? And there's always some hand surgeon, shall we say, who's got a truckload like of the cows, they can throw at it, yes. and just see, and just to see whether, you know. And you don't know whether it's going to work for five, ten, fifteen years after the hand surgeon, you know, he's finally carked it and his kids sell the business. Yeah. but they um. <laughs> It's a it's a long it's a massive long term investment, but I just sold I off the, all the BMWs. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You know what this. You know what this vineyard needs a property development. <laughs> yes, there we go. But it's um it, it is a um it's interesting that we do borrow. Though, I just love the fact that we do it that we do have a crack and just say let's see what happens when we do this because can, can I, I give know, you an
0: example of, of someone who's had a crack. And go. has has done something good and and this plays into our little rivalry of me just giving Riesling the
4: shits. Um Them's fighting wordsmith. Watch here, here go. we
0: go, here we go. No, no, hear me out, hear me out. Okay, uh, so from the Eden Valley Um uh, is wine called Duft Punked.
3: And oh, that's nice. spelt
0: D U with a what was it? Umlaut. Umlaut. F T E P U N K T, and it's a mix of yeah. Riesling, Gewurz, yeah. yep, and and I imagine that'd be good because it gives it broadens out the the fruit and probably a little bit of residual sugar, so you can have it with um, uh, chili sort of you know hot food. Yes, yeah, but but yeah. then there's this weird grape, and I've never heard of it, and I was wondering if maybe. And I'm sorry to do this without notice, but um, questions a grape-
4: without notice, Smith. Yeah, but questions without, without notice, mate. You're a genius. Go. Go, 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 Kerner.
0: K e r n e r, Kerner. Kuna. Have you heard of
4: that crack? No. no, never heard no. no, it. doesn't ring any bells with me. Right. But that's it. and that's how, what. Do you know what were the percentages? Because we, I was looking at wine, a local producer called Rahona Valley down here. They did a, they do a, a wine called a Trinity, mm. and uh, I had a crack at that the other day. And it's sixty percent, sixty percent thirty Green. odd percent riesling, yeah. and only about eight, and about eight percent Gewurz. And that's uh-huh. all the Gewürz that they needed in it to make it sort of. It, it just. It's quite. Gewürz can be quite dominating. It's got the really yes. lovely florals, and people talk about the um, the uh, Turkish delights sort of the flavour that, that that it yeah. brings, and that really It just. Uh, but again, it broadens out the But pa- it broadens out the palate, as you said, Cam. And it can yeah. make a uh, that would make an awesome match for you know, some chili fish dish or some such thing. Delicious yeah. uh,
0: so looking wine. Kent and I were talking about cooking mussels, um, mussels with heaps of chili, chili chili, 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 chili,
4: chili. Yeah, true. I reckon the best wine to go with mussels <laughs> is beer, but you
0: know. Right. Yeah, yeah, you know. Fair enough. That sounds, uh, that sounds valid too. But it, it's amazing that when you are doing blends. Um, and you know you understand the blends, it, uh, wines that maybe we're not seeing quite as much of now. But um, about ten years ago, um, Shiraz with like I don't know four, five, six percent Viognier
4: in it. Yeah, yeah, and that was a bit. That, was a, that became a real popular one. Yeah, right. it was fifteen years back, and you now people would co-plant. I think it came around as a bit of an accident because there was a lot of Viognier and Shiraz in the Rhone Valley, and they just end up all in the same vat. And it's sort of there was some anecdotal evidence that the the, the co fermentation of so you put your Viognier in with the Shiraz as it's fermenting Mm. uh, rather than fermenting them separately, then blend them back. There was some suggestion that there was some um, help with fixing the colour. Yeah, really, really making the colour pop on the Shiraz by fermenting them together. We did a few trials around that time, and it was inconclusive. We just, you know, we had one that was a co-ferment, and the other one that we. we Fermented the two grapes separately and then blended them. And it was, you know, it was inconclusive as to whether it did anything for colour, but it was just, yeah, you know, a nice little experiment to be able to do in the winery.
0: Just sitting around scratching your head, going, I don't know, can you taste it? What, what do you reckon? <laughs> 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 All <laughs> right, <you> Duncan, <do? laughs> we've got two minutes left before we have to be out of here. Um, your mm. uh, vintage 2022 20, summary, please. Oh.
4: Yeah, we were going to talk about that, weren't we? Are we get yeah. distracted as we do? Looks good. People have been picking like mad down here because things have gotten ready, and if we've seen next week, it's um, you know, mid to high twenties and rain and the showers. And yeah, more, humid more again. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's. Good. I think people are going to go like stink. But there's yeah, the cooler regions still aren't ready. There's uh, you know, wow. there's, you know, massive and Tassie, uh, Gippsland to be starting to get a bit more, in. but they're in that situation where the fruit isn't ready to go as yet. Mm. So they just leave it sitting out there. That's all you can do. Um,
0: we, so, we, we might have to know, get
4: back in touch with you. I think quite soon. Yeah, give us a We'll catch up again in a couple of weeks. But, um, yeah. but again, we didn't we didn't cross off what was going on with the hunter with all that rain up there. Like they're a long way south of where Lismore and the real disaster, the real bad part of the flood, then. Six hundred k south of there, but six hundred k. If you're a massive rainstorm, it's not that far. So they did get a fair bit of rain, but I think they're. The hunter didn't fare as badly as people may have thought. The whites came off early and they were in pretty good shape, but some of the reds suffered. But I'll find out a bit more about that again as the weeks go on because, you know, they really start, you start to find out a bit more, you know, once things have been picked.
0: Mm. And in the meantime, I will toast you with a glass of Duft punked.
4: Good idea. Hey, have you ever opened a oyster? I have a question at the start. Have you opened an oyster? Cam? Can you do that? Yeah, of course I can.
0: Uh, yes, yeah, yeah, sorry. Yes, I can. I, I, but uh, from the back, not like the, the old blokes can. From from the front of the oyster. Um, so yeah, still in a slightly amateurish way.
4: Fair enough. Then I'd like to see you do it one day. I'll bring the fizzy wine. You bring the oysters. We can have a bloody good chat. Oh my
0: God! Yeah, racing will go well with that.
4: <laughs> see you, mate. Good on you,
0: see,
1: you, boys. Bye. Bye.